Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. Miss Renee, would you please read that for us? This. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. All right, so what we're going to see here is there are a few times when all four of the Gospels will tell the same story. All right, so I just wanted you to see that in action tonight. And this is about when Jesus is his early ministry and his uh, ministry particularly in Galilee, okay? He had heard that John had been put in prison and he departed to Galilee. Mark chapter 1, verse 14, Miss Crystal, verse 14 and 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. All right, so now that John is in prison, now Jesus um, continues that gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, taking it forward, knowing that John no longer can do that, being that he's in prison. So Jesus continues the message on, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Luke chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, Miss Dellen. Thank you. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. And everyone embraced him. What version is that? Huh? NIV? The NIV? Is that your Bible? All right, I won't pick on it too much then. (laughs) But my contemporaries call it the never-inspired version, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, thank you. And also, Josh, you have John four forty three through 45. Thank you. Now, after the two days, he departed there from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his, no, in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also had gone to the feast. Okay, so this, this is where all the Gospels line up and tell the same account. This is an important account, obviously, because all four of them made you re- to record that Jesus now is going to Galilee. All right? The end of an era and the beginning of a new. The end of the era of preparing the way of the Lord. The voice of one crying in the wilderness That era has now ended, John is in prison, and now Jesus is here on the scene. And he says, and the time is fulfilled. Right now, we're living in the fulfillment of these things that have been prophesied ages before, and we're in the moment right now. That's why each one of these guys recorded it, because this is an important part in Jesus' ministry, the beginning. And from here, I mean miracles start happening, big time. Miracles start happening big time. So, um, let's go to Luke chapter 4, verse 16. David, I'll call, you, call on you in just a moment, please, sir. Uh, Luke chapter 4. No, no, hold on. You can hold on to the mic because it's going to be like in a couple of minutes. Luke 4, verse 16. All right. Now, so he came to Nazareth um, where he had been brought up. So Jesus has come now to his hometown there in the region of Galilee. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed 
the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. I'm going to stop right there and have David read Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn. Excellent. Splendid reading, sir. So he found the place where it was written. Now, notice again, you've heard me talk about this, but it's so important because remember, this is, this is a crucial time in New Testament history, especially in the ministry of Jesus. He's come to Galilee, and now he's come to his hometown. And because he's here to minister to his people, and he comes to the synagogue as his custom is. He's, he's always there, so he's a familiar part of the synagogue life, all right? And so he comes there, and he is one of the readers. He stands up, and the attendant, or the ruler of the synagogue, handed him what book they were in, okay? He hands him the book that they're in. So Jesus isn't going in and going, mm, I feel like preaching out of Isaiah today. No, he's handed the book because the ruler of the synagogue is the one who handles the reading. All right? So he hands him, this is the book we're in now. And so Jesus goes there. And not only did he get the book, he submitted to the rules of the synagogue to take whatever they're giving to him, but he went to the place that he was supposed to read. Because as they read along, the prior reader put a little mark at the end of the last reading so the next reader would know where to pick up and go from there. Isn't this incredible that on this day it just so happened just so happened that Jesus walks in and they just so happen to be in the book of Isaiah particularly Isaiah chapter 61 and they hand him the book and so he finds the place to read and this is what he begins to read in in Luke chapter 4 verse is it 17 18 the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor I wonder how many times they had heard this scripture. How many times they had heard this scripture? Hundreds of years. This has cycled through the synagogues. Somebody's read it. Somebody's come across Isaiah 61 in the turn of the reading, and Jesus comes in, and it seems like another ordinary day, another ordinary reading. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Interestingly enough, He stops here. Did you notice the difference between how Isaiah ends that sentence and how Jesus ends the sentence. Remember verse 2 of Isaiah 61. He says, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. And Jesus stops at the acceptable year of the Lord. This is on purpose. He stops there and then he hands the book back to the attendant. Now, this is interesting. But before we get to that, I want you to notice the things that he says that the Spirit of God has anointed him to do. All right? 
In other words, he has an answer for every problem. He's here to fix the broken stuff. He's here to heal the wounds. He's here to bring good news to those that are lacking, those that are impoverished, those that are poor, those that are without. He's here to open blind eyes. All right? So you see all the things that he says to do. So the cure to the poor, the way to help them come out of poverty is to preach the gospel to them. One and a half amens. The cure, the way to help the poor is to proclaim the good news to them. What's the good news? You don't have to be poor no more. That's the good news. Amen. He became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. This gospel, ooh, it's kind of prosperous in its message. Heal the brokenhearted. All right? I like that it just says brokenhearted. Any kind of heartbreak. It's all covered. He can heal it. To proclaim liberty to the captives. A lot of this has to do with what's coming out of his mouth, the message that's being preached. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. Now, we know that he healed lots of blind folk, don't we? And to liberate the oppressed. Ooh, that's good. The, the word oppressed means bruised, broken, and shattered. Wow. In other words, their lives are devastated. They don't see any way to put things back together. But Jesus said, I'm here to liberate you, to bring liberty to you. Not only can your life come back together, but you can live free of any bondage and oppression that would try to take you down and out. Powerful. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, verse 20, and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And See, I wondered why. I wondered why what made this reading so interesting, after they've heard it so many times, that he would hand the book back, and why are they all staring at him? I don't think that's a common occurrence necessarily. <laughs> Maybe. But all the eyes are on him. And watch this. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Folks, you came to church on the right day. Hmm? For centuries, they've been talking about this day. They've been reading about the prophet who foretold of this day coming. You're living in it right now. This is it. This is what they cried out for. This is what they prayed for. This is what they longed for. You're living in it right now. Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your heart. Can you imagine how extraordinary this, is, this must have been? Wow. So here we see God's incredible timetable. Just the timing of Jesus walking in here that day is amazing. Verse 22, so all bore witness to him and marveled, watch, at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. They marveled at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. Okay, wait a second. I mean, so many others have said those words, haven't they? What made them gracious? What made what he said gracious? Above any other reader there. No vengeance. Just favor. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. This 
is the dawning of a new covenant. You're not in and out of favor with God now. You're not in and out of grace with Him now. This is not a do good, get good, do bad, get bad. No, this is the year, the acceptable year of the Lord. Period. And he stops there. He's not supposed to stop there. But I think they liked the sound of it. And they marveled at the gracious words. Oh, I, I, I'm still marveling at the gospel. I'm still marveling at this gospel because for so long... For so much of my early life especially, it was you hear this good news, but then you knew there was a catch somewhere. The other shoe is <clears throat> going to drop. I, okay, yeah, I knew. All right, there's the, uh, there's the rub to it. Mm -mm, not with this gospel. It's pure good news. The acceptable year of the Lord. Watch. They marvel at the gracious words that proceed out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Man, ain't nothing like family, huh? Just bring you down quicker than anybody else. Is this not Joseph? Is this not Joseph's son? They go from marveling hmm, to normalizing him. Watch he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. In other words, bring that power here to your people. Heal yourself. Heal your people. Heal your kind. He said, this is something that you will say to me. Then he said, assuredly I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. That's very true. But I tell you truly, what is Jesus full of? What the scriptures say that through Moses came the law, but through Jesus Christ came grace and truth. Grace and truth are not opposed to one another. They're not opposed to one another. He brings this gracious message, and now he's going to get real honest with them here. All right? I truly, truly, I tell you, watch this. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. Ouch. He said, see, in Elijah's day, they didn't honor the prophet. And the king Ahab did not honor the prophet. And so God told the prophet, tell him it's not going to rain until you say it's going to rain. Show them that you are the man of God and that the power of God is in your mouth. And so he did. And it stopped raining. But because there was no honor for him, there were no, many of their needs weren't met. So God sent him to this other place. All right? See, so now Jesus is comparing this time to that. See, the power is here. These things that I'm anointed to do is here. And you have no honor. Because you only see me as Joseph's son. Watch this. But none of them... Uh, okay, verse 27, and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. In other words, the pagan worshiping heathen. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. <laughs> grace is good, grace and truth, we don't like so much. 
and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff. Remember uh, Doyle talking about this story. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way because he wasn't on their timetable. He was on God's timetable. Just passing through the midst of them, he went on their way. In other words, they missed their moment to receive healing, those that were brokenhearted, the blind to see, the captives to be set free, the poor to hear the good news. They missed the moment. The time is now. It's like he's saying, today this has been fulfilled in your hearing. What do you need? And they marveled for a moment. They marveled for a moment, and then they thought, who does he think he is? Huh? And so they missed their opportunity. They missed the visitation of his power and the experience in that anointing. Wow. Okay, so now uh, we're going to go over to Matthew 4. Let's look at this. We're going to read some scripture here. Is that all right if we do that? I don't know what else to give you. I'm not good at jokes, apparently, so... Matthew 4.13, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum. So what did he say? You will say to me, physician, heal yourself. Do hear what you're doing in Capernaum. So now he's going to Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, or Naphtali, whatever you want to say, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. This guy's just walking the word out, just walking prophecy. It's just getting fulfilled all the time wherever Jesus goes. Here it gets fulfilled again from the book of Isaiah. Oh, this is awesome. Now, a little later on, Jesus calls four disciples. He's walking by the sea, and and he first sees Andrew and Peter, and he calls them from their boats. And says, I'll make you fishers of men. They leave their nets and they follow him. And then a little ways further, he comes upon James and John, the sons of a man by the name of Zebedee. And he tells them the same things, follow me. And they leave their dad's uh, boat and all of the servants there and they go follow Jesus. So we got four guys that have just joined up with Jesus' ministry. Now he has had some encounters with these guys already, but now he's calling them to his side. All right, now it's time to get his gang together. That it might be, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, and then the next thing after that, he gets them, he casts a demon out of a man in the synagogue in Capernaum, showing that he has authority over the evil spirits. And the people were wowed by his authority and said, wow, wow, with words, he's able to cast the devil out. Even the demons are obeying him. So he gets their attention real quick there in Capernaum. All right. Now, Matthew chapter eight, we go a little further in Jesus' ministry. All right. He, he does so much healing. Now, uh, verse 14, now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. Peter's mother-in-law is sick. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed and he cast out the spirits with a what? With a word and healed how many? All who were sick. Now hang on a second. You're about to figure out all. Okay? We're going to look at uh, um, Luke chapter 4, verse 40. Because Mark and Luke also give this same story, but I want you to see just a couple of differences. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. Did I not give that to you? I didn't? I'm sorry. I thought I put that in there. 
Thank you, Matthew. You're a blessing. He's working frantically. Luke's gospel, I can read it here and then you can catch up. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, watch, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. You see that every one of them got personal ministry from Jesus. He laid his hands on everyone. See, Matthew didn't tell that part of the, of the story, did it? That's why it's so good to read all the Gospels together so you can get a, a well-rounded understanding. It says he laid hands on all of them. So we know that he healed all who were sick, and he laid hands on all those sick people. All right, you catching this? Now let's look at uh, uh, Mark 1, verse 33. And Mark's going to tell you who they all were. Mark chapter 1, verse 33. This is so good. Mark says, and the, let's just, I'll just wait for it to come on the screen so you can see this. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. The whole city was it showed up at Peter's mother-in-law's house. Now, I, I got a quote. How did they know? This because the first thing he did when he got there, remember, what did he do? He cast the devil out of a guy in the temple, and apparently everybody went to talking about this. They didn't have the kind of communication that we do. They just had to get word of mouth out that there's a man in town, and the demons are obeying him. And then they get news that he's up at Peter's mother-in-law's house, and he heals her. And I don't know if they go to leave the place, they open the door, and boom, the entire town's out there. And Jesus takes the time to heal everyone that is sick and to cast out every devil with a word. Ministers to the entire town. This is beautiful, the entire city. Amazing, isn't it? So you get all of that account by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Otherwise, if you're just reading one, you won't really get the magnitude of the story. It's powerful, isn't it? Verse 17 of Matthew 8, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Again, here's Jesus. He's walking the word out. These things that have been prophesied eons before, and now, I mean, it's just one fulfillment after another. From the temple to going to Capernaum, and now right here, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. There's a little issue with this, though, as far as I'm concerned. When did he bear our sickness and took, take our infirmities? When did that happen? Here? That was fulfilled here? When he's at Peter's mother-in-law's house? This is when this was fulfilled? When was it fulfilled? At that cross, at that whipping post, right? But this says that it might be fulfilled. So Jesus is already acting like the new covenant has been enforced. He's already supplying things as if they were all paid for. But they ain't been paid for yet. He's still living. He's still early in his ministry. But he's acting like he's already paid the price. You know what that encourages me about Jesus? He was fully convinced 100% he was going to that cross. He was acting like it was true. There ain't no doubt. I'm going there, and I'm going to pay for this 
So since I'm the one paying for it, I'm going to hand out some early gifts. I want to show them this is that which was fulfilled. I am here, anointed by the Spirit of God, empowered to change lives. That it might be fulfilled. Yeah, it was ultimately fulfilled there. But my family, let's, just not, let's not forget this so that you take this home tonight with you. That is fulfilled because God said it. This had been said by God. All right? And Jesus just walked this thing out. But it's done because He said it. Surely He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. He carried our sickness, and He bore our pains. So that's done. The moment God said it, the thing was complete. All right? That's why you got to grab a hold of those promises because they are done deals. Right? 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God are in Him, in Christ Jesus, yes, and in Him, amen. So you just act like Jesus and you just walk it out. Fully convinced. Because He said it, you will live in its experience. All right? Because He's promised it to you. And through what Jesus did, perfect example of acting like it's already done. Thank you, Lord. It's already done. Don't you just say that. It's already done. What God has promised me is already done. So I stand on His promises tonight. I stand on His Word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I want to take you to one last scripture, and then we'll finish out tonight. I want to go to Proverbs chapter 15. This just came up in my spirit. Uh, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 15. Proverbs 15, 15. I'm going to have to go there now. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 15. It says, All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Listen to it in the Amplified. I think it says it so well. All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. By anxious thoughts and forebodings, which means you expect things to go wrong. You kind of bought into Murphy's Law. If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong, and it's going to always go wrong in my family. That's our experience. I'm not confessing that over myself. I'm <laughs> huh? All the days of desponding and the afflicted are made evil. Listen, they are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. having an expectation of failure, an expectation of destruction, of doom. Hmm? Or worry. Same thing. If you always expected everything to be okay, there wouldn't be no need to worry, would there? All right, watch. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast Regardless of circumstances. Regardless of circumstances. So our happiness, our 
merriment is not contingent upon our circumstances. We're happy regardless of our circumstances. Amen. And, and we have a continual feast. Think about that for a moment, how contrary that is. What are you feasting on? His word, his promises. Hmm? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God so that you will have a continual feast and you will rejoice in the Lord, you will rejoice in His Word, you'll rejoice in His promise and you'll know that God is on your side and He, whatever circumstances you're in, can make it good. And He will make it good. And He's faithful to make it good, no matter what. So you can let all that... No, let that go. Amen. Get joyful. Amen. Let your heart... Be of good cheer. Let not your heart be troubled. He's overcome the world. Amen. And since he did, so do you. Because the victory that he purchased, he gives it to you as his gift. Amen. Does that bless you tonight? Let's stand together. Thank you, Father, for this great time together with your people. Thank you, Lord, for the miracle, the, the supernatural things that happen that we don't necessarily see with our eyes when we come together. The power of this gathering, God, the power of agreeing uh, with one another, agreeing together in the name of Jesus, standing together in faith. What is possible? All things are possible, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for meeting needs even now. Lord, I thank you for helping those who, who have been dealing with the issue of anxiety. And, and kind of living in their own head. But Father, I pray that you will remind them tonight, that t t tonight they've been reminded to get the word in your mouth. Don't let your head get cluttered up. Open your mouth and declare what God has said. Clear your thoughts, clear your mind through declaring his word tonight and remembering his faithfulness in your life. Remember, recount those victories. Recount those times when he was there and he intervened. And there was no way that you saw a way out. But God was there and He helped you. You were overwhelmed by a circumstance, but God helped you out. He gave you the victory. He led you. He gave you wisdom. He healed you. He brought provision for you. Amen. He shifted things for you. He's on your side. Recount those things. Remember those things. Because if He's done it before, He has to do it again. He has to because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. If he's been good before, he's always going to be good. That's right. Hallelujah. He cannot deny himself. It's impossible for God to lie, the scripture says. Right. Amen. If he said it, he's going to do it. If he spoke it, he's going to make it good. God is true to his word. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We trust you. To, I, want to, I, want to, uh, I want you to hear this right quick. When I said thank you, Lord, I was reminded of Roxanne Alexander. I love when she gets in that zone. When she's prophesying, you know, here at our prophetic home, she's, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm like, oh boy, it's about to happen. She, um, Sunday morning at their church there in Victory, while she was preaching, this is uh, what she said. Wow, honey, we've had a lot of text messages since then. Got a picture of our grandbaby. 
so weird to say that. <laughs> I mean, but I'm so excited too. I have a new excitement I can't explain. Here it is. Listen to this. What is that about Eric Holler? What is it about him? Yes. Oh, there's a Holy Ghost roundup at one cause. There's a Holy Ghost roundup at one cause. Mm. Things are shifting there right now. Things are shifting at that church right now. People are going to start driving there from miles around to go to that church. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for Eric and Heather and what you're doing. That's it. Is that beautiful or what? Huh? Holy Ghost Roundup. I like that. Man, she's just preaching Sunday morning. All of a sudden, boom, she got a word for our church. Amen. The scripture says, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will prosper. Come on, do we believe the prophet tonight? Believe the word of God? Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the ship. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, for drawing them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Lord, we welcome them with open arms. Thank you, Lord, for filling this house. Drawing them in by your spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I thank you for your blessing on your people and they're going out just like they've been blessed and they're coming in. Thank you, Lord, that though their enemy comes at them one way, he will have to flee in seven because they are blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed, Lord, wherever they go. And that everything their hands touch shall prosper. They are the head and not the tail, above only, never beneath, first, not last, victors, never victims. Thank you, Father, for your blessing on their homes. All of their children and grandchildren shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. Thank you that their marriages abound in love, that they're prosperous in their workplace and their business, and that your favor surrounds them as with a shield. In Jesus' mighty name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you in all of your house and be gracious to you and give you peace. Cause His face to shine upon you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.